0: Hey guys, here's Natalia and you're listening to another episode of my podcast where we talk about the strategies and the methodology for achieving native-like fluency in English. In this episode, I would like to talk about the importance of reading out loud and how it can help you become more fluent and develop your skill of being spontaneous in the English language. And I'm going to look at the differences between the rhythm patterns of English and Russian To help you understand why it's difficult for you to understand Russian native speakers who try to speak English, and if you are a Russian native speaker, that's going to be a valuable episode as well. Reading out loud is the exercise that can help you master the rhythm of English. I'm using the example of the Russian language because it's my mother tongue, and if you are a Russian native speaker, you can relate. If you're not a Russian native speaker, if your mother tongue is different from Russian, It's still going to be a valuable episode because the focus is not the Russian language, but the exercise of reading out loud in English. Enjoy. Hey guys, happy Saturday. I want to record a voice message to explain why reading out loud is such an important exercise and how it can help you become more fluent and more spontaneous. I've been doing this exercise for years now. And when I listened to myself two years ago, three years ago, when I listened to the archive recordings from five, seven, eight years ago, it's incredible how much my pronunciation has changed and how much more meaningful my messages have become. Reading out loud is the exercise to help you become more fluent and more spontaneous. If you watched my new video on YouTube where I explain the two things that people want because it all boils down to only two things. Being spontaneous is one of them. You see that there is a structure to developing native-like fluency. I have structured all the steps that one needs to take to achieve native-like fluency, and it's a huge mind map. I don't want to bother you with details right now, but I want you to understand that on the top of that mind map, the most valuable thing that everybody wants is to be fluent, effortless, eloquent, and spontaneous in the English language. Everybody wants this, but not everybody knows how to achieve this. There are three steps that you need to take to become spontaneous and effortless in English. In order to be spontaneous, you need to learn to be prepared. I keep reminding my students who take the public speaking course or who learn to improve their presentation skills with me that you become spontaneous only after you have rehearsed enough. So if you have no idea how to deliver a prepared speech, if delivering a prepared presentation is a pain in the neck for you, It's going to be extremely difficult for you to be spontaneous. And this is what so many people attempt. Oh, I'll just go with the flow. I'll just do whatever. And it doesn't really work. They feel stuck. They feel frozen. They can't find the words because being spontaneous looks easy and effortless, but it's a lot of work. (laughs) It doesn't feel like a lot of work when you're in the moment, when you are able to do it. But if you're someone who hasn't practiced enough, It feels like an impossible task to just be there and respond timely and always know what to say and manage your intonations and do all the inflections correctly and speak in the rhythm of English. It's just too many things to handle at the same time. That's why before you start doing the exercises to enhance your spontaneous speaking skills, you must learn to be prepared. You must learn to prepare your messages. In order to prepare your messages, you need to do all the exercises that help you deliver a prepared speech. You need to create a practice routine that will help you become spontaneous in English. Which means, first, you need to create a practice routine to deliver confident, prepared messages. Your focus is prepared speech. And then you ask yourself, okay, what exercises can help me practice delivering a prepared message. Writing will be one of them. And you see, we're jumping from writing to speaking to reading because everything is connected with everything. All the exercises are interconnected and it doesn't matter where you begin in the community of practice, you will always arrive at the right place. In order to improve your speaking skills, you need to invest in your reading and writing skills. And if you still have this question, why? The answer is simple. Native like fluency is not speaking fluency it's also reading fluency writing fluency listening fluency speaking fluency and thinking fluency you can't speak spontaneously if you have no idea how to give yourself feedback if whatever you're saying is meaningful enough you can't be free effortless and spontaneous and eloquent in a foreign language if you can't write down your thoughts if you can't listen to other people and understand what they say, with ease, too. If you can't read between the lines, if you can't read the intonations, of course you can practice speaking the words, but nobody likes the task of hearing the words. Everybody wants to hear the story. Everybody wants to hear the meaning. Everybody wants to hear and understand and remember the message. It's actually in your best interests to deliver your message in such a way that people can remember it. Only memorable stories survive. And if people have to invest a lot of effort in understanding what it is that you're trying to say, if people struggle understanding your accent, your pronunciation, if people struggle listening to you for an extended period of time because your rhythm is simply off, it's tiring for native speakers to listen to someone for a long time if they can't speak in the rhythm of English. Not because you have a bad message, not because you're a bad person, but simply because it's difficult. And we have to remember that most. English native speakers do not have the experience of speaking a different language. They can't understand a lot of the things that we understand. By we, I mean people who speak another language, or maybe people who speak more than one language. People who have the experience of learning a different language. So when you speak to other learners, to other non-native speakers who are also practicing English, you find that it's a lot easier to understand it, to understand each other because you all share a relevant experience. And the same applies to Russian native speakers, if you think about it. Russian is not the most popular language in the world, and very few people in the world learn Russian. We don't have the concept of accents. I grew up in Kazakhstan. I went to school in Kazakhstan, but I speak exactly the same as someone who went to school in Moscow or in Krasnodar or in any other Russian city. People from the CIS countries, people who live in Belarus, in Russia, in Kazakhstan, in the Ukraine, Uzbekistan, and other countries, all of them, if they speak Russian from birth, speak the same Russian. The melody is the same. The pronunciation is the same. Everything is the same. There's no accent. Russian native speakers get very frustrated when they talk to foreigners who attempt to speak Russian simply because it's difficult for them to understand. Think back to your own experience of trying to understand an American or a German who wanted to explain something to you in Russian with a heavy accent. And now imagine listening to this person who struggles saying simple words in the Russian language Imagine listening to this person for 45 minutes. Imagine him being on stage. Imagine him delivering a presentation about something important. And imagine that they're a client or they're someone important and their message matters. And you know that their message matters, but it's so freaking difficult to listen to them for longer than three minutes because you simply get tired and you lose them. You lose what they're talking about. Maybe this will help you understand how it can and may feel for native speakers to listen to someone who doesn't speak in the rhythm of English. That's why when you deliver a prepared speech, when you practice delivering prepared messages, you must first and foremost care about your rhythm. Your pronunciation matters because pronunciation mistakes make it difficult for people to understand what you mean. Your accent doesn't matter that much, but your rhythm is everything. Your rhythm, your melody, your pitch. Rhythm is everything. English is a stress-timed language, just like Russian, by the way. So we can understand each other better than Spanish speakers can understand English speakers (laughs) because Russian is a stress-timed language, just like English. But Russian is more predictable when it comes to rhythm than English. In Russian, most words are stressed on the second to last syllable. And there are certain rules, let's say, if a word ends with a consonant, it's going to most likely be stressed on the last syllable. Think of these words. Стакан. Цульпан. Блокнот. stol Well, st- stall is a one-syllable word. Divan. All of them end with a consonant, and all of them are stressed on the last syllable. So it's predictable. When we see a new word in Russian that has two or more syllables, and it's a, it's a masculine noun, we're going to stress it on the last syllable, and we're going to be most likely correct. Artefact, fuck another example, right? It's a long word. It's a masculine word. It ends with a consonant, so we stress it on the last syllable. No questions asked here. Of course, there are exceptions, but it's more predictable. English is not predictable at all. Words will be stressed differently depending on what they mean, depending on the context. And it's very common for the English language that words that are spelled the same way can be stressed differently depending on what they mean. For example, impact is a noun. Impact is a verb. Address is a noun. Address is a verb. They're spelled exactly the same way, but we say contrast if we mean a noun and contrast if we mean a verb, and it's very obvious for native speakers, not so obvious for foreigners who learn English. The second reason why it's more difficult for Russian speakers to master the nuances of English stress and English rhythm and English intonation patterns is that the degree of vowel reduction in English can be more extreme than in English. We do reduce words in Russian, but we do not reduce them that much. And this extreme reduction can further complicate the task of identifying and producing the correct stress pattern. In Russian, we do not really have the concept of content words and function words. We do reduce words, and they can be Content words as well, but the reduction is not that extreme. And in English, it is. Some words are pronounced longer, deliberately longer, because they matter more. And some words are reduced dramatically. And that's the number one reason why Russian native speakers find it so difficult to understand movies, live interviews, and real spontaneous conversations. Because people speak fast, people reduce a lot of words. And Russian native speakers find it very difficult to hear every single word of what was said and connect the words in order to understand what these words mean. When you practice reading out loud, you practice understanding the rhythm and you practice speaking in the rhythm of English. If you don't do this exercise, all you practice is delivering words. But You have to learn to deliver meaning. When you read out loud to someone, just like when you read out loud to a child, they do not see the text that you can see. All they can rely on is your voice. You have seen the text that you're reading. You have probably practiced before you started reading out loud, and they do not see the text. So if you do not understand something, you can go back to the text. You can read it a few more times. You can look up some words but they do not have this opportunity. And when you read to children, if you have children, maybe you read bedtime stories to your kids. If you don't have children, maybe you remember how your parents read bedtime stories to you when you were little. Children can't read. That's why we read out loud to them because they simply cannot read. They can see the pictures and the books. And when you read out loud to them, they must see the picture. Otherwise, they will not listen to you. Think about this responsibility. In order to help people see the picture of what's going on, you have to read in such a way that they can see it. In order to help someone see it, you have to learn to see it yourself. Think about your own experience of reading fiction. All you have is a book without any pictures. But the book has a story. And as you read the book, you can clearly imagine the characters. Most likely, you see how tall they are, you see the color of their eyes, you imagine those people. You see their clothes, you hear their voices, you see if they're a blonde, a brunette. And that's why it's so disappointing sometimes to watch a movie which is based on a book that you have read. You imagined these people so differently. And now when you see them on the screen, you feel outraged because they don't look like they look in your head. If you can relate to this, you will understand how important it is to read with the intention to deliver meaning, not with the intention to read the words. We read the words to help people see what they mean without Asking them to remember the words that we said. That's, that's not their job. Their job is to see. And if they can see it, they can understand it. And if they can understand it, they can remember it. And if they can remember it, they can tell someone else. That's how stories are told, retold, and shared with other people in the world. So I have just explained to you how reading is an important prerequisite for being able to deliver prepared messages. Again, if we walk backwards, the top value, the top skill that everybody wants is spontaneous speech. In order to become spontaneous, you need to learn to deliver prepared messages. In order to learn to deliver prepared messages, you need to learn to read out loud. And you need to learn to write. These are the two most important skills that you need to master to be able to deliver prepared messages. And if you're asking yourself why reading and writing, here is why. When you do the exercise of reading out loud, you practice delivering meaning by saying the words of other people. You practice sharing other people's stories. Basically, you're looking at the text that is 100% correct. You open a book, any book, And the text you're looking at is correct. And you can read anything out loud. You can read a blog post written by a native speaker, an article from Forbes or HBR, a book, a poem, anything. Whatever you're reading, it is 100% correct. You just need to deliver the text that you see. But writing is a different story. Writing is a skill that helps you crystallize your own message. because What you want to say is not always grammatically correct, and it's not always clear for native speakers. So first, you learn to make your own message clear by writing it down and learning to edit your messages, and then you learn to practice delivering your own message. Writing is a lot more difficult than reading out loud. Reading other people's words is easier than writing down. Then delivering your own stories. In order to tell a good story, you need to practice many times. First, you learn to deliver other people's stories. Then you learn to crystallize your own messages and your own stories. Then you learn to deliver your own stories, which means, again, learning to deliver prepared speech. And then, when you have, and only after you have, rehearsed and practiced enough, Can you tell a story on a whim, without any preparation? Just because you're inspired to do so, and because you have a lot of relevant experience. I hope this explains why reading out loud is such an important exercise. As you practice reading out loud, you develop your understanding and your mastery of the following components. Pause, pitch, melody, thought chunks stress, intonation, and a lot more. Do not think that I'm simply in love with reading books, and that's why I keep posting Natalia reads episodes. My job is to help you find the most effective exercise that can kill two birds with one stone. One, it can inspire you, because I want you to read only the things that you like. And when I read the things that I like, they inspire me. I can find an idea worth sharing. I can find an expression that I like. And two, they can help you practice your prepared speech so that you can improve your spontaneous speaking skills. The more experience you gain, the faster you progress. The more often you read out loud, the better you understand how to deliver your ideas with clarity. And your only metric is this. Can other people see the picture? Can other people see what this is all about? You can always use your own experience of listening to audiobooks as reference. This is my goal, for example. I want to sound like an audiobook narrator. Because when I listen to audiobooks, I can clearly see what the book is about. I can clearly see the story, even though I do not see the text. But I can understand the book. I can follow the story, and it's easy for me. Because the audiobook narrator is doing a very good job. That's my standard. It doesn't have to be your standard from day one. You have to gain experience and move toward that standard slowly, step by step if you have never done this exercise before, your first goal should be, I want to read one paragraph out loud and make sure it's easy enough for you to read and make sure it's interesting enough for you to read it out loud. Enjoy your practice. If you want tips on how to organize your structured, deliberate and sustainable practice routine, join the community of practice, and I'll walk you through it. And by the way, we have weekly Sunday practice sessions for daring learners, where we practice one skill every single week. And reading out loud is definitely going to be the type of exercise that we do. If you missed the session where we did this exercise, you can always watch the replay, submit your work, and you'll get caring human feedback on everything you have done. Thank you very much for listening and I'll see you in the next episodes.